Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Benefits Breakdown. I'm Vanessa Longnecker here with my colleagues. Hey, this is Jared Bocat with you. Hey, everybody. Adam Compton, uh, excited to be here with our very special guest, Tom Geltz, who one is a, a, just an incredible teammate of ours for Hayes and Brown and Brown. Uh, Tom works just emphatically on behalf of his clients nationally, really help educating folks uh, around a lot of things. But what we're going to dive into today uh, really focuses on distracted driving. Tom's also an advocate for the National Safety Council for distracted driving. So, uh, Tom, welcome. We'd love to kind of dive in, learn a little bit more about you and get into some of the fun and, uh, and topics that we have in store for us today. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Uh, my name is Tom Geltz. I am a safety consultant with Hayes Companies and Brown and Brown uh, Insurance Brokerage. Um, you know, started out my career on the insurance company side. I spent 17 years doing safety consulting with two insurance companies, and then um, came over to the dark side, like I, <laughs> I, I say to a lot of people in, in desk, but uh, working for an insurance broker. But I, I really like. Um, working for for Hayes because it's allowed me to focus in on on various projects for our clients and and now over the last five years I've really focused in on traffic safety and specifically distracted driving. Clearly, a, a big topic in today's environment and one that's been muddled right by many economic forces, uh, political debate in recent years, COVID impacts. Uh, but the, the stats don't suggest it's it's lightening up or improving in any capacity. So, you know, eager to share today with our listeners, right? This is a little outside our normal benefits breakdown box, but I would desire to say that it's equally important to every topic that we have on a day-to-day basis with our clients. Risk is risk, right? And we're talking about people and how we manage people and the expectations that we set for our teammates within every organization, right? So it gets us back to what are our corporate philosophies? How are we communicating leadership top down? And how are we engaging in the facts that we're seeing play out from a risk perspective day in and day out? Might you be able to share with us some of those latest and greatest facts, Tom, to set the stage for our audience today? Yeah, uh, so it's kind of doom and gloom, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, you know, I had just assumed when COVID hit that, you know, there'd be a lot less people on the road and our our uh, crashes uh, and fatalities due to vehicular crashes would, would decrease. But un- unfortunately, it, it's not the case. When In 2020, we saw about an 8% increase in in fatalities on our roads, and that coupled with a 13% decrease in miles driven translates to about a 24% overall increase in in fatality rate, which is the worst we've seen in 96 years. Um, huh. You know, and as a safety professional, that is uh, that's just not acceptable to me. And uh, I just got a report um, last week that showed year to date in 2021 were uh, 16% worse off than we were in 2020. So we're, we're not heading in the right direction. We're, we're, we're deteriorating and we need to do something about it right now. Well, I think we, a lot of people think of distracted driving. We go to either a phone call, a text message, but it, it goes well beyond there. Like what are some of the other just key things that people are doing that are getting their their eyes off the road and causing these these issues and these just horrible stats to keep driving up and up. 
Yeah, there's a lot of ways we can get distracted. I mean, it's, you know, the the, the phone and electronic media is, is, is the, by far the worst. But, I mean, you could be reaching for something on the floor. I mean, you could be adjusting the dial. You could be, you know, changing a, a song on the on your on, a, on the radio or, you know, with your selections that you're pulling from. You could be talking to a passenger. You could be, um, you know, I get the question a lot. What's the difference between talking to a passenger and talking on Siri or talking to somebody on the phone? And, you know, the interesting, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing is, is a lot of times, you know, the passenger is another driver. And when they, they, they're, they're observing things outside the vehicle as you're driving down the road, and if they see a situation, they usually stop talking or they point it out to the driver. Uh, whereas if you're on the phone with that same individual, they don't see what's going on in that driving environment and they don't, they just keep talking and they keep you, you know, cognitively distracted. I know Jared likes to, uh, shave in the car often, right, Jared? <laughs> yeah. Or is that something? No. <laughs> Jared's face right now. If only you could see it. <laughs> you, could be, you could be shaving, grooming, or, you know, eating. There's lots of fast food restaurants, you know, and, and I mean, I used to do that all the time too, or I'd you know, give myself an hour to drive to my business customer. And, I, you know, I'd be, you know, it'd be 1130 and I'd get, have to get there at 1230 and I'd have to stop to get something to eat. And then I'd, you know, grab a burger and I'd be munching on it. And, it, you know, some of the ketchup would spill down on my pants. Do you think I'd pull over to, to clean it up? Nope. I just keep driving along, you know, fully distracted from the conversation. Yeah. And, and, you know, we giggle, but it's, it's, these aren't laughable moments, right? We see it every day when we're behind the wheel. I personally am preparing to set, you know, my oldest free uh, on the roads here in the next year. And he's counting down the days, but it is a daily reminder of uh, the responsibilities of driving, right? And what that means uh, to each and every one of us, right? You can be the greatest driver on the world and you're surrounded by others that aren't. And that can have a life-altering impact. Now, again, this is outside our typical box, right, when we talk about benefits. But by all means, this is a conversation we are having with clients day in and day out because we're talking about enterprise risk as well as personal safety risks here, right? So I know you've shared with us, Tom, what you're seeing in, in the realms of nuclear verdicts, et cetera. Tell us a little bit more about what this truly means to the enterprise risk when we see stats such as what you've just cited, right, on the rise? Well, I think that, uh, you know, it does transcend to everyone out there that this is a, a problem that impacts everyone. Almost every one of us knows somebody that's been killed on our roads. I mean, over 42,000 people every year in the United States are, are dying in traffic crashes. So we all, we all know people that have had it happen. And, uh, I get that question a lot. I mean, we have, I mean, I have a lot of customers that don't even have vehicle fleets, you know, and, and they go, well, why do you want to come in and talk about defensive driving, distracted driving? Because it's because, you know, almost everybody drives to work. We all have that exposure and, and it impacts both, you know, if we just have your benefits or your property casualty or safety or it, it impacts everyone. And, and it's such a huge impact. I mean, in regards to, you know, OSHA, for example, you know, I, I do a lot of work with our customers on, on OSHA safety and, you know, keeping people safe like that. And it, and it just blew my mind when I looked at the statistics and saw that of the, you know, the most recent statistics showed up about 5,300 people uh, died in OSHA-related fatalities in business, uh, you know, for a year. and 
40% of those are due to transportation-related incidents. 40% over 2,000. And it's, you know, for, for me, it's like that's the number one cause of occupational fatalities. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't really put that as, uh, you know, up on the pedestal as something to focus on. It's the number one killer of our teens, too. Hmm. Over, over 2,400 teens die every year on, on, in traffic crashes. And it's just something that, you know, every state has additional laws in place for probationary drivers, new drivers. And, you know, as a parent, I always thought, okay, you know, they can't have other kids in the car with them for, you know, a certain amount of time, or they can't drive at night, or they can't use their cell phone. I thought to myself, you know, the, okay, this, these are good laws to have because it's really helping out. It's really not. You as a parent have to do so much more to educate your kids on how dangerous it is. And you brought it up. A lot of us are paying attention when we drive because we know the exposure. It's all the other people out there. 90% of us think we're good drivers, but I think it's the other way around, especially in the, in, in the United States. About 10% of us are really, truly good drivers. The rest of us are floundering pretty pretty badly. Well, I think you touched on the, the exposure to any industry, and it doesn't. you don't have to have a 1,000 trucks on the road. You could be going to and from an office. And we were, we were talking earlier about how frustrating you can be being on a virtual meeting. You know, pick your, pick your culprit, Zoom, Teams, WebEx and beyond, you can tell when people aren't listening. You can tell, oh, that person's doing a text message or an email. How frustrating, how mad do we get when they do that? And we're not even risking our lives driving down the road with you know, a 2,000-pound vehicle. Now switch that back into what we do. We also have to create the reality, Tom, that you know, what if we make a bad business decision while being distracted? Does that come back to our exposure as, a, as an organization because I'm not focused on the true business deal? So it's not just uh, these kind of horrible rates and stats that we're seeing, there's a lot of risk there too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly is. I mean, we, we make mistakes. People think they can multitask and all the studies show that when you try multi, multitasking, you make mistakes. So let's put this in context for what we do as insurance brokers, either in benefits or property casualty. If we're consulting with a client, we're making mistakes while we're driving down the road. You know, that could impact our E&O exposure, right? And, and so, you know, there's a monetary uh, issue that, that brings up. And then also, you know, we're, we're putting everybody else at risk on the road. You know, I've, I've got some pretty large clients that have established cell phone free policies. So all their employees, their executives, their sales teams, their, their truck drivers, they can't use the phone while they're, while they're driving. And you know what? Those companies are still very, very profitable organizations, you know, because I get the question all the time. It's like, well, how, how the heck are we going to do business if we can't use our phone while we're driving? And I would be the same. I, I fell in that same bucket because, I mean, I used to use my phone all the time for many years as a professional. And, and I stopped cold turkey and it's extremely hard to stop. It's an addiction like drinking or smoking or chewing tobacco or whatever kind of addiction you have it's 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 very hard to stop once you start i think vanessa to your point on enterprise risk before and in, in, in covid and this ties directly to a potentially a mental health or population health plan because come covid and distracted driving that or alcohol consumption that anxiety stress all leads back into things that could impact driving. So I think it makes sense to kind of wrap that in for employers for their for their best practice plans. Tom, what are you seeing, right? We know the, the dynamics have changed for many industries, not all, right, in this 
COVID and post-COVID forward-looking environment, uh, you're delivering a phenomenal message. I've personally heard your, you know, employee engagement conversations many times. And and frankly, for those listening that haven't heard it, it there's hardly a dry eye in the audience, but it is the most moving and meaningful, you know, 45 minutes that I've had in in decades, right? So I think, you know, there is a shock and awe, um, sadly, because you know firsthand, Tom, right? And in your story and your journey with your family that you share with others. And, you know, how are you delivering that message? And how is that a piece of the equation for employers today that are thinking about, gosh, we've got so much on our plate. We've got so many new business priorities during COVID. How do we keep people engaged? What are you seeing employers do out there? And how are you helping employers spread this message? Because it is such a big component of risk management. Right. You know, I, I, as a safety consultant, I try to try to talk to the employers about their safety culture. And, you know, a lot of companies are always, we're, we're all trying to improve that. And, you know, I, I talk to them about, you know, for example, I, I mentioned the, the company that doesn't have any vehicles. And I, and, I, and I say, well, I'd like to come in and talk to you about distracted driving. And they go, well, you know, we really don't have that exposure. And I say, well, yeah, you know, everybody's driving back and forth to work. And if you really want to impact the culture, Talk about things that aren't related to the work. Talk about things that impact people on a personal level. And, uh, you know, defensive driving, distracted driving impacts everyone. And, it, you know, it impacted me about five years ago when my, uh, my, daughter, my 22-year-old daughter, Megan, was killed by somebody who was texting in Minnesota. And unfortunately, you know, she was also pregnant with... Uh, um, a little boy who, who didn't make it either. So five years, you know, I'd have a five-year-old grandson right now that I can't hold. So, you know, that's why I've kind of focused in on traffic safety. It does cross into a lot of different areas of of, of just general safety and, and it uh, impacts all of us. And I think, you know, listening to some of the employers and I mean, some of the real tough blue collar workers, union trades, construction, utility, manufacturing, you know, I talk to people that are much tougher individuals than me. When I can impact them where they start getting emotional in the audience, I know that I'm truly, you know, reaching people. Whereas in the past when I talk about safety and OSHA to to somebody, I'd have half of the audience falling asleep. You know, now no, they don't fall asleep. They're paying attention. And, and I hope that the message that I send about how dangerous it is and that how you have to pay attention, that gets spread, that they don't just sit on it. They, they talk to their families and their friends and their coworkers about what they heard and that, you know, we try to make it a, a huge generational thing where we're changing behaviors. So powerful. I mean, I think we all know your story, Tom, and it's still every time it's just a kind of a reminder and uh, and a powerful story to help drive change and kind of driving into that change. What can employers do? I think we've talked about defensive driving tactics or depending on the risk they might have, what they can do. But what are what are some of those things inside of those plans that could be simple fixes like, you know, putting your phone away or I mean, just what are things that maybe employers are thinking about or what can they do to be better? Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of ways. You know, I you know as a safety consultant, I I put together safety plans for 
for employers. And I have sample fleet safety programs that, that have a whole bunch of traffic safety information in them, but in specifically in regards to distracted driving, I mean, you know, we, we ask our clients to put their phones away, to turn them off, to put them on airplane mode. A lot of us fly. So we have, we all know how to put the phones on airplane mode. It usually takes a few seconds. And, uh, you know, the nice thing is we get to our destination, we flip it off of airplane mode, it grabs a signal. Um, then we don't have to turn our phone off, you know, cause we don't want, nobody wants to wait that minute and a half for the phone to boot up because that's, you know, that's, that's wasted time. Right. Um, you know, there's lots of other things. I mean, there was a, a gentleman who his family got hit by a distracted driver in Minnesota and he was so mad about it that he developed, a, what, what he calls a cell slip. And it's a little pouch that you put your phone in. You don't have to turn it off. You don't even have to put it on airplane mode. You just put it in the pouch it's uh, the pouch has like this space age material that blocks a signal. So, you know, you don't hear it. You don't feel the tone or anything like that, or, you know, the vibration. And, and so it doesn't, it doesn't get you distracted while you're driving, but as soon as you get to your destination, you pull it out of that pouch and you know, you got all your messages right away. I, I hand out bracelets. I, you know, I wear these bracelets wherever I go. I got three of them on one arm and two of them on the others. And, and I, I give them away to people and I give them away on airplanes and at liquor stores and at Fleet Farm and all over the place, you know, where, where you know, people ask me, why are you wearing the bracelets? I said, well, let me tell you. And it gives me an opportunity to tell my story and the story about my daughter. And then, you know, I tell people, just wrap it around your phone. And then, you know, when you're driving, put it in your, in your car, wrap it around your phone when you're driving. And maybe when you, when you get that text message or that Facebook post that you want to read, you'll look at your phone and you'll see that little bracelet wrapped around it and they'll go, well, I remember what that guy said. Maybe, maybe I won't check that message this time. And maybe that might save your life. Yeah. Great examples. I'd also say, you know, think about what type of uh, directional app you're using. I know Waze, for example, the second you get in your car, somehow it knows and it sends you a message not to be using it while driving. Right. So there's a lot of great technology on the horizon, yet the stats just haven't quite tilted right, in the U.S. So I think awareness, first and foremost, right, is part of our message today. And certainly recognizing that your team and yourself are, are delivering this message in the field, delivering it with our clients and, and prospective partners uh, across the country. You're doing phenomenal, phenomenal work. Um, I personally firsthand live, you know, just up the road from where the Geltz family had their life-altering scene of the accident. And it's a daily reminder, for me and for my family as we drive our kids to school. But it's so important that it becomes a part of that daily conversation, right? Because it's not going to change otherwise, right? And so while be it, we have a lot of noise, we have a lot of distractions, we have a lot of stressors that have changed, you know, in the last 24 months, the way we look at things. This is one we have to make sure is staying on the, the forefront. Tom, I love that you said, right, this conversation is is different, right? It's more about creating a culture and showing you care. And in today's environment where we know, right, the war on talent is harder than ever before, culture is really what differentiates employers, right? So, 
you know, I love the work you're doing and the partnerships you're forming with our clients coast to coast, the message that you're delivering and the impact that has right on cultures um, day in and day out. So super, super awesome and admirable uh, journey. You've been in the safety field long before you were personally impacted firsthand. And I remember you saying it still didn't stop, right? how our family was impacted, but albeit, I'm not going to let this message, right, surrender as we look to the future. So we appreciate you sharing that message with all of us today. Tom, and I want to build on what Vanessa said. What would you say, our, most of the people that are listening, let me back up, sorry, that are listening to us today are, are HR professionals. What are some things that you feel you could arm them with today that they could take back to become that champion within their organization? Because one voice sometimes can get drowned out by a lot of other things, but what would you say is most important that they could take back to their executive team level to help arm them with some things to truly change the culture, as Vanessa said, and show the value that would provide to not only the safety of their organization, but creating a different culture for their organization? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing that they should take back is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of good information out there about the consequences of what can happen if your you know your employees are are not paying attention when they're driving um you know it, it it's a kind of a two-pronged approach i mean it can impact the organization i mean we've seen nuclear verdicts 10 years ago the average nuclear verdict against an organization due to a traffic uh, fatality or crash costs about 2 million dollars and uh, now it's about $23 million. That's a thousand percent increase, over a thousand percent in 10 years. I mean, it's just, it impacts employers' pocketbooks. And we're seeing not, you know, $20 million claims on a regular basis, you know, and where the employee might have been following the company policy regarding fleet safety. They might have been following the, the letter of the law in the state that they're in, but they still you know, where they, they were on the phone with their with their boss or with a client and they got into an incident and 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 now they're the company's being sued. So, you know, it can impact the employer's pocketbook, but more importantly, I try to show where it can impact people on a personal level. And, you know, it's I'll feel pretty good about distracted driving that we're reaching an audience with this podcast, but then I'll get in my vehicle this afternoon to drive somewhere and I'll see dozens of people you know, not paying attention when they're driving. And it'll put me right back in the funk where I, I have to really do a lot more. I'm not doing enough. And uh, that's what motivates me. We certainly appreciate your willingness to share your story, your journey, and your passions, right, with all of our listeners today. By all means, we've got some really great content out there as well, samplings of your work to share with the audience. We'll, we'll hope to connect that the dots there as well. But um, we appreciate, again, you being with us today and all the great work you're doing. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, you know, there just to you know, reiterate what uh, you just mentioned, I mean, there is a lot of good content out there on YouTube and information. There's other uh, speakers that speak on, you know, this topic, um, just like me around the country. And so, you know, I encourage employers to get not just a, um, a run of the mill defensive driving, distracted driving presenter to come in, but get somebody that can uh, attach to the emotions of the individuals and, and get the, the senior leaders of the organization to sit in on the presentation because, you know, they all have families and brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, kids, 
and they can relate to some of the presentation information. And that can, once you, once you get into the emotional side of it, it can really lead to change within the organization. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I know, you know, you mentioned also, as we wrap up here, the U.S. is one, you know, of a few countries that doesn't demand or require ongoing education to maintain your ability to get behind the wheel, right, for the average citizen. And and that is quite an interesting perspective. So at a minimum, employers have this unique opportunity to move the needle, right, and change the dial through ongoing education and that, right, pivotal experience with, with emotional draw, ideally, that should stick with them right? Because it is one of the biggest responsibilities we take each and every day, whether it's an employer liability, a personal liability, um, it has an impact, right? Clearly is one that we as employers and teammates can can truly get behind. So again, thank you and appreciate all the great work. And we look forward to uh, future episodes and of the uh, benefits breakdown and having you be a part of this journey. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Benefits Breakdown. This episode, in combination with our previous episode, titled Benefits Enrollment Technology, is eligible for one SHRM credit. That code for SHRM credit is 229WNMS. That's 22-9, W as in whiskey, N as in November, M as in Mike, S as in Sierra. This code expires after December 31st of 2022. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and be sure to tune in to our next episode.